Welcome to the Do Life Different podcast with 1128 Community. My name is Mike Francisco, and I'm the lead pastor of 1128 Community Church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Uh, today, I'm joined by Nikki Shabo. Hi, everybody. Nikki's been with us, uh, what, two other times, three other times, maybe? Yeah, twice, I think. Okay. And for those of you that aren't aware, Nikki's really been an instrumental piece of this summer series that we're working through called Postcards from Paul. Uh, Nikki relates a lot with Paul in a lot of different ways, uh, but primarily it's the isolation, maybe some of that loneliness uh, because of your story. Definitely. And you've shared about being locked up and spending time uh, remembering the, the wrongs and the bad decisions uh, like sometimes Paul did. But also Paul was locked up because of just being a righteous person. And I was just the worst. <laughs> yeah, and I I love that you laugh about that after saying it. But uh, just in, in this series, as we look at the letters from Paul, um, Nikki's been a, a real help to us. So she's back again talking about Second Timothy and uh, just the conviction that she's felt uh, working towards the message that she presented on Second Timothy. Let me also just paint the scene for you. Uh, we're we're recording in a uh, a new room, so we're trying this out for the first time. Matt is over here. He's our uh, audio engineer, uh, and and he's over here just kind of watching things over for us. Nikki's to my right, and in her hands, uh, little Josiah. How old is Josiah now? Josiah is three months. He'll be four months at the end of this month, and he is just my little buddy everywhere I go. Yeah, so so Nikki is a full-time working mom, a volunteering mom, a mom to stepkids yeah. as well, right? So, so she's got a lot going on, and Josiah is making his first podcast appearance today. Yay! So, Nikki, let's talk about Second Timothy a little bit and, and just where you were at, what you were thinking as you headed into that week of preparation, and where you eventually landed. Yeah, so it's actually quite um, interesting. Second Timothy, when I was initially told that this is what I was going to be talking about, I thought, well, I could do some end time stuff because there's a lot Because everybody of loves talking about end times. <laughs> I was like, that would be neat. And then as we get closer, um, you kind of gave us a prompt for, you know, relationship building because Second Timothy is a very sentimental book and it's Paul's farewell discourse essentially to Timothy, who he's mentored and kind of watched grow up in the faith. Mm-hmm. So you had suggested we do focus on the relationship. And I had already been kind of steering into, you know, second chapter verses 22 through 26, and they were kind of more like convicting on my heart. But I I was like, oh, I could do relationships. That would be easy for me, right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing with God <laughs> is that he often calls us to do things that might seem a little messy or might seem like, why would you want me to yeah. do this? And he specifically kept pressing on my heart. Um, this part of it that's about evangelism and the heart posture of a person prior to trying to share the word of God and then how not to share the word of God, essentially. And eventually, I tried to resist for a little while because I struggle in this area. And I was like, why would you want me to talk about this when I'm currently in the mess of trying to struggle with this? Yeah. 
But I think we can all kind of find comfort there because God doesn't wait for us to get everything right or be perfect. And I think that's really the basis of this message is he was trying to teach me in the process that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get everything right all the time. What you need to do is pursue righteousness. Mm -hmm. And you can still share with people even in your struggles because so often we like we want people to share their struggles with us, but it's hard for us to share with them. Yeah. So let's let's kind of work through this whole week and we'll eventually land at the conversation we had over text and your heart and and what that looked like. But when we started off the prompt for the week and kind of working towards the Sunday message, we were talking about relationships, specifically mentors. And I thought that this would be a great kind of topic for you, uh, especially because I know you have mentors that have meant a lot to you in the past. You still have people in your life that are mentoring you in certain ways. So help me, help me understand just a little bit since we don't get that too much on Sunday. Uh, help me understand the mentor piece and the relational piece and and what mentors mean to you and what Paul might have meant to Timothy. Mentorship is huge for me and we see the need both in my work and in my spiritual life um, because coming home from prison, especially when you do a significant amount of time. Now, I only did seven years and I know to a lot of people that's probably like only seven years, but I have a lot of people that I've worked with and that I'm friends with that have done double digit years. And when you're gone for that amount of time and oftentimes the people that were your friends friends while you were committing your crimes end up leaving you while you're incarcerated. Mm. So you're kind of faced with this this loneliness and then this fear of coming home because you don't know what things are like. Things change so quickly these days. You don't know how to get in contact with the right places. And a lot of people that commit crimes, they seriously don't know the basic things like budgeting or how to get your ID and your social security card if you've lost it. Like there's so <laughs> many things that people just don't know how to do. And well, let me let me just break in here. Like, don't assume that it's only incarcerated people that don't know how to budget or get those kind of lost <laughs> items. I don't know that a lot of even adults that have, have never been incarcerated understand how to do those things. So, and I guess you're right because we do get quite a few calls into the but, office. But maybe it's a little bit harder. It, it is. There's more of a process. It is. And then there's this, because you've been used to dealing with a certain kind of people and everything is structured for you, you don't know necessarily how to even be around normal people hmm. and who is normal, right? right? But there's this view when you're locked up that everybody else is normal and there's something wrong with you. Yeah. So to try to come home and approach people and get the things done that needs to be done there's this insecurity there so mentors come alongside you and they've either been through what you've been through or they just have a heart for what you're going through and they will help you navigate that so I had a woman named Gail her and her husband Paul they came alongside me they helped me get my ID my social security card Um, they reached out to a legislator for me to help me get my citizenship and they were instrumental in me getting reacclimated to society. Okay. And helping me set up um, my finances, a bank account, just simple things like that. They just they helped me do. So mentorship is extremely important. We try to stress it um, even in my work for people coming home in order for us to lower the recidivism rate. 
Um, we need people to come along, credible messengers to come alongside people and just kind of show them the ropes. Yeah. And that's essentially what Paul did for Timothy. He helped him know how to navigate his ministry. He helped him know how to navigate the different conflicts that he was going to come across and to kind of encourage him that, you know, this isn't going to be easy, but I'm going to be here for you and the Holy Spirit is going to be here for you. Yeah. Now... You also had a mentor that came in and did studies while you were locked up. I did. Her and she's come to 1128 once has. or maybe even twice. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if it was once or twice, but I still am in contact with her. We're actually doing an end time study via Zoom um, on Sundays. Okay. And she's come to 1128. She's been instrumental in my faith walk she's kind of like a spiritual mother to me and she would come in once a week when I was in prison and she would do different studies with us and then I was the choir director and she would burn the cds for me so she would give me the cds I needed for the church songs on Sunday (laughs) which is and just little things like that because we can't do stuff like that when we're incarcerated so having someone that will jump through the hoops get the paperwork signed and then do that was it was super helpful. It taught me a lot about leadership, and it taught me a lot about faithfulness for Christ. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I'm going to say this here. I don't know where it's going, but maybe there's room for 1128 to have a church service in a prison. I would love that. And maybe maybe that's your, your role. Maybe something in the future, you're playing a part in that. I would love for us to have a prison ministry, and because of my job, I work with the DOC all the time. So um, that is definitely something that could be in our future. Okay. So let's let's just continue through the week. Uh, for those of you that, that are with us on Sundays, you see a completed message on Sunday morning. Uh, but by Tuesday, we as speakers write out a manuscript. And then uh, it's looked over. We get comments. We get feedback. And all of that is done on Wednesday. So I gave Nikki some comments and some feedback on, on Wednesday, late evening, maybe late afternoon, early evening. And, uh, and I loved the message. It wasn't about relationships and mentorships, and that's okay because we texted about that earlier, and she's like, I feel like I'm supposed to go this way. Uh, but I was a little bit surprised when, when you stayed in this Second Timothy 2, 22 through 26, where it's talking about... Uh, more or less staying away from arguments, the way that you talk to people, the the right heart uh, coming from a place of uh, just trusting Jesus, relying on Jesus to to give you that right heart. Uh, And then you had a line in there about uh, fighting and fighting the right way, more or less. Watch how you fight. Watch how you fight. And, And it left me with a question. And I just, I asked the question, how are you, how are you going to talk about this topic with some of the things that you, you maybe post on social media, some of the language that maybe other people are like offended by, like, how do you navigate this topic with who you are today? Which is exactly the question I kept posing to God while I was writing this. And this is the thing. I am... I'm an emotional person. I always have been. I feel Mm -hmm. things so deeply. Even if I feel nothing, I feel it completely. And it has always been, activism has always been 
in my heart since my sobriety and since encountering the things that I encounter in the DOC. And I think that God has often used quite passionate people. I mean, if you remember Peter, he cut off someone's ear mm-hmm. and God, yeah. Jesus was like, no, that's not how we do things right. around here, right? right? And he, I, some of my Facebook posts, like, I, they're not, people don't like them. People don't like them. And this passage really was God's way of cementing in my mind that this is an area you need to work on. Mm. And I'm going to, because God is not one-dimensional. Everything about him is multifaceted. And I believe when people are called to teach or to preach in any capacity or share the word of God, oftentimes what he does is he will give you something that you can relate to because Mm -hmm. then you can relate to a person's struggle in this specific area. And you're not talking down on this person. You're sharing this as, hey, like, I'm going through this too. This is as much relevance for me as it is for you. And it's going to be a battle and it's going to be a struggle, but this is what the word of God says. And we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Mm -hmm. So yes, this is something that is going to be difficult, but this is also what his word says, and he will give us the strength to do what needs to be done. And we hold each other accountable. Yeah, And I think accountability in the Christian faith walk is huge because a lot of times we look at things like, well, I can't possibly meet that, make that rule or keep that rule. I don't know how to do this, but it's not. And this is something in the passage that we discussed that it's not just about keeping the rule. It's the pursuit of righteousness that God honors and the heart that is willing to be compliant, willing to be pliable, willing to admit that I don't know how to do this, but I know that it can be done because you said you have given me the power. So I'm going to do what I can with your help and I'm going to use the community of believers to help hold me accountable and together we're going to pursue this righteousness. So, So let me just ask the real personal question. Yes. What is it that you're feeling that it's like, man, this needs to change, like very specifically. I can be super harsh. I can be <laughs> like, I can be so impatient, especially with fellow believers, because it's like we're reading the same Bible. How do we get something completely different? And yeah. why can't you see it this way? And God is. No, I need you to be patient. I need you to watch the way you speak to people because there's a way for you to educate people that doesn't leave burned ashes in the process, burned bridges in the process. And the... What you believe, how you communicate what you believe is ultimately of eternal significance. Yeah. And I definitely, so I I can be harsh and I want people to just get it now rather than walking through their process and their faith walk. And that has been, God has really impressed on me, like the patience that I gave you before you went to prison and Mm. the patience that I gave you while you were incarcerated, that is the same amount and more that you are to give others. And for me, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle because I, I will like, I like to debate. And I like words and I like to talk. And sometimes the devil will take that tongue and use it for negative. Even if the information you're giving is correct or true, mm-hmm. it's it's about how you give it Yeah, that really matters. Yeah, and a, a little update for those listening. 
Uh, cool. Josiah has he's had what about half a bottle now? Yep. He's uh, he's given us the burp, and uh, hopefully it's nothing more than that. He kind of looks a little milk drunk at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's the the relatability factor, just that you're going through this yourself, and you're feeling a lot of that tension yourself. Uh, for the people that maybe relate, but their their struggle isn't a social media struggle. Maybe it's just the the struggle of interacting with people face to face, or they've got the neighbor that lives next door and the dog keeps crapping in their yard. Like what, what would you say to those people as they navigate maybe frustrating, difficult relationships? Uh, and they just want to, they just want to speak their mind. Um, and sometimes maybe they do speak their mind. What kind of advice would you give to them what kind of encouragement would you give to those people i would just encourage to keep in mind when you're speaking with someone that there is a time and a place i believe it's in the bible where it says a word aptly spoken Mm. and it's knowing your audience knowing the person you're speaking to and being open to being empathetic because we don't know what what someone is going through on that day at that time and i think it's just Keeping forefront in your mind that is this how I would like God to deal with me? Is yeah. this how I would like this person to deal with me? That's why we pray, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Because God wants us to remember that he has forgiven so much and he has been so patient and so kind. And we should do that for other people. And a lot of times it might mean just not saying it or just, you know what, picking up the poop today and maybe the next (laughs) time you see them, work it into the conversation when you're calmer. Like just sitting on the thoughts, sitting on the words for a minute and see how you feel in a little while and not saying it right when it pops into your head. (laughs) Right. And is that the the best way to quote-unquote fight? way you're talking about like the smart fight or the yeah i i think it is i think when you are defending the word of christ you have to do it with the heart of christ or it negates the word Mm -hmm. um i think that being cognizant of a person's mental state or the thing that a person could be going through that you don't know of and i'm not saying that you can't you know defend the word of christ and i'm not saying that you can't have appropriate boundaries with people and things like that it's Mm -hmm. just being able to slow down enough to say okay i might not know the full spectrum of this situation Mm -hmm. and i'm going to go through this cautionarily and i'm going to afford grace to an individual as i would like grace afforded to me yeah. Let me ask you one final question and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh when you talk about sharing Jesus with people, um uh, sometimes in my own head, I imagine the the loudmouth people that are picketing, um the people that are down at Summerfest handing out postcards and yelling at me and my family as we leave that we need to repent and receive Jesus. I wonder if there's other people that that's what they imagine when we talk about evangelists and sharing the good news. Um, how how do we share the good news in a way that that doesn't take away from the significance of it and and communicates the urgency of like this is an important thing without being those people, those over aggressive people that seem angry. 
I think it comes down to a relationship. It definitely comes down to the relationship that you have established with an individual. Because if you have taken the time to get to know this person and maybe not right away like shove God down their throat, but instead invest in them, learn about them, do things that might not even have anything to do with God, I it naturally comes up. And I've seen it time and time again where I might just make an offhand comment of I have to go do this podcast or I have to do this or mm-hmm. – um, and someone will say, well, what's that about, you know? And then yeah. we'll get to talking about it. And naturally, if God is at the center, it's going to flow out of you. And it'll come up some way, somehow in conversation. And the nice thing that we have is the Holy Spirit, where you can pray for these open doors. Yeah. And you can pray for these conversations. And then if you believe that he will open up these opportunities, he will in a natural way, one that isn't forceful um, and would be more easily understood by a person rather than you need to do this or the end is near you're gonna die i i like to pray i always ask god for more time (laughs) that's something that i've been at like more time because there's more people that need to hear the word of god so prayer is our support in that we're asking god yes we want you to come but we also know that it is your heart that all would come to you yeah so i'm asking you based on that aspect of your character that patience please give us more time and in the process please open up the doors for me to speak to to a person please prepare their heart and prepare their mind for them to be willing and able to understand what i'm trying to communicate with them before i speak to them and then i have to trust i have to trust that the holy spirit that god is going to honor that request because it's in accordance with his will oh that's awesome nikki thanks for being with us josiah thanks for being with us uh, for those of you listening, you're always welcome to join us on a Sunday morning at the Oak Creek Community Center at 10 a.m. That's when we meet. If you're listening from a distance, thanks for checking us out. You can watch our uh, recordings on our website, 1128community.org. They're posted on Monday right after uh, they're recorded on Sunday. And to all of you, have a great rest of the day. <laughs>